Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of HR Chat Podcast. Uh, Once again, I'm your host, Tim Baker. Uh, Happy to be here and um, really happy today to have a, a great person to speak with. I've I've met her a few times. Uh, consider her a good friend as well as a, a very important part of my network. Uh, Kristen Harcourt and Kristen is a senior consultant at the McQuaig Institute, where over the last eight years she's worked with hundreds of companies spanning a range of industries and size. And her focus really is on assessments for hiring, leadership development, and team performance, among other things. She's also the host of the McQuaig Talent Management Talks, and she's one of the most highly energetic and creative individuals I've had the pleasure to meet. So, Kristen, thanks so much for your time today, and welcome to HR Chat Podcast. Thanks so much, Tim. It's great to be here, and thanks for the lovely introduction. You're very welcome. So, one of the things that we start off with, uh, with our guests, is would love to know a little bit more about who you are and your career path, how you came to be where you are and what you're doing right now. So why don't you tell our, our listeners a little bit about that? So like probably a lot of people, it's been a bit of a zigzag. So I uh, graduated uh, from McMaster University and my undergraduate was in psychology and sociology. So as you know, when you have an undergraduate of that nature, it's quite generalized, which in some ways that's great. So it gives you a lot of opportunities to go in different directions. So once I graduated, I started to just give some thought as to, you know, what does that look like in terms of career path? And I knew that I really enjoy working with people, interacting. I'm highly sociable. So what made most sense for me as a starting point right out of school was to get into customer service, right? So just to get into a corporate setting, get a feel for what that looks like, work with customers. And to be honest, I'm really glad that was my starting point because I always have that kind of customer-focused mindset in everything I do. So it was a great uh, baseline and, and starting point for for getting into corporate. So I, I did that for probably around three years and then moved more into as I started to get more experience and get a feel for, you know, what do I really like? Um, I really enjoyed sales and I also enjoyed marketing. So I then moved into more of a, a sales and marketing type role in uh, manufacturing industry. And then I started to be a little bit more focused around. So I I like the sales and marketing and customers and more of a consultative selling type of um, of role. But where can I make the most difference? Where do my passions lie? And as I started to do a little bit of kind of inside work around, you know, what would be the, the industries that I would be very passionate about, I realized that I... I naturally love HR and love what HR is all about and what they're doing, which is essentially, you know, it's all about people. And being that I am very people focused, I thought I'd love to to somehow do sales slash marketing, consultative, doing consulting 
uh, related to HR. So that brought me to more of a, my, my next role, which was working with HR, but more from a well-being perspective. So uh, well-being, disability management. I, I worked for an organization um, there where there was employee assistance programs, disability management, wellness programs, and organizations. And then moved from there to eventually get to the McQuaig Institute, where I've been for um, eight and a half years now. And again, the HR focus, but now more about um, people from the perspective of hiring the right people, um, trying to improve cultures, uh, leadership development. I'm very, very passionate about um, helping leaders, high potentials. Um, and then even from an individual level, I love how when I'm working with organizations that they're the types of companies that are invested in people and helping people grow. Uh, because one of my other passions as well is really helping people to really reach their their highest potential, to, to use their natural strengths and their talents so that they are in, in their jobs and they're engaged because, you know, people spend a lot of time in the workplace, you know, they're um, 40, 50, 60, sometimes more, which I, I don't like when people are spending 80 or 90 hours, but if they're doing something they're passionate about, that, that's cool. Um, but if I can also be um, helping people to, to be doing work that allows them to be connected to their purpose, to their mission, um, and I think all of us really, when we're in the workplace, we really want to do work where we're making an impact and using those natural talents and, um, and, and being really fulfilling that purpose. Awesome. That's thank you for that. That's a great. You know, it's interesting. You said that you started out in in customer service focus roles. I, you know, and I think we've talked about this before. So my original background was in in the hospitality industry and uh, hotels, restaurants, and um, I was always that customer service experience. I think then gets ingrained and and becomes really a part of you and 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 is you get to leverage that in, in a lot of what you do in any role really. But I've found that especially now when we're, you know, in the HR space, we're talking about our, our internal customers and, and, and how just that treating people well, uh, as long as you were, of course, good at customer service, then you can bring <laughs> that with you and, and leverage that. And that's, that's been, I worked for four seasons hotels and Cineplex entertainment for, for years. And that's that's all it was. That's really all it was. Was was focused around the customer, or the guest, and that I default back to those principles more often than not in in everything I do with client work and and, and everything like that. So that's a that's a, an interesting career path. And I I spoke to somebody yesterday about the same thing, where there are some people that they know exactly what they want to do and how they're going to do it as soon as they start into even post secondary. Um, education and that's great. I think that's I don't I don't understand that myself because I couldn't figure that out myself. Um, but the the winding path uh, was uh, was a great one, and, and I'm finding now how everything is really starting to fit together. So tell us now you're at McQuaig Institute. Tell us a little bit about what McQuaig Institute does uh, for organizations in, in, in a nutshell. 
Sure, absolutely. So, I mean, our core business is we have assessment tools and those assessment tools are really measuring an individual's personality, style, temperament, those unique behavior patterns for that individual. Uh, it's our own assessment tool that was built in-house by Jack McQuaig, who was our, our founder and industrial psychologist. And that information is used to um, essentially anything to do with an individual in that employee life cycle. So by having that insight into an individual, be able to hire people who are the right fit for the role that they're going to be working in, the right fit for the team, for the culture, for the leader that they're going to be working with. And then as we have that individual start or work with the organization, using that information to onboard more effectively, and then also for future coaching and development, career pathing, and then with current employees, by understanding all of that information around an individual's natural personality style, um, help organizations from a self-awareness perspective. So whether that's with uh, leaders, making leaders more effective um, by being more self-aware, helping individuals be more self-aware, um, helping individuals within the organization understand their differences so that there's more uh, team team cohesion so that work that so that teams can work at more optimal levels by understanding their differences, their diversity, what they can bring to the team. Um, so as you can imagine, when you think about people, that information is used really throughout talent management in an organization. Cool. That's great. So I've had a chance, I've heard you speak um, a few times uh, on some on some great topics. And I wanted to kind of touch on uh, when you spoke at the HRPA, our, our York Region chapter, uh, there were a couple, I, I really enjoyed your presentation, and I wanted to kind of pull out a couple pieces of that and ask you about uh, about that. So you spoke about, at, at that event, uh, high performers versus high potentials, and, and I find that very interesting, and, and uh, we all know what that means, but I, I would imagine that a lot of people don't really, it doesn't come to the front of their mind in, in different parts of the whole talent management and, and employee life cycle. So we, a lot of people could recognize the high potentials versus the high performers while they are currently at your organization. But what about when it comes to the point of hire? So I always find this interesting because from my perspective, and I, I'm, I haven't been heavily into the recruitment uh, or, you know, talent acquisition, but, you know, you see that person, that you know is that you've got that feeling or you've done some assessments and, and you can tell that they're a high potential. But at the same time, I would imagine you think that, ah, I don't know if I want to risk that. What if they're not? So tell us a little bit about how recognizing a high potential candidate, maybe at the, at the point of hire, how, how would you do that? And I don't know, some of your thoughts around that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's definitely something that our, our clients look at when, when they're recruiting. And I think one of the things to, to think about first is that you, you want to hire both, right? So when you think about high potentials and those individuals that are really wanting to move their way up um, the, the corporate ladder and, and several, um, several steps up that corporate ladder, you want some of those individuals, but then you also want individuals who, who don't necessarily need that, right? They don't want to do that leadership track and they're they're happy being individual contributors and doing lateral moves. So I think one thing to think about is that you want to make sure you have a cross section of both. 
um, because if you're only hiring those high potentials, all of those people are going to be looking for those growth opportunities and to move their way up into leadership um, and, and needed, needing to be challenged and, and want to grow and, and move up quickly. And you don't want to lose all of those people, right? You yeah. want some of those people yeah. who are going to stay in the, that role um, potentially longer term. And again, that's all relative because now these days, you know, two to five years is great. We just know that people change careers more um, and the whole zigzagging that we were talking about is very common. But so still looking at both of those. So I'd say that's one thing. So you don't want to be just looking for the high potentials. There's definitely things that you can look into. Um, so of course we're we're in the assessment uh, assessment tool world. So from our perspective, there's things that you can look into to see do they have some of those leadership tendencies. Uh, for us, that would be some of that dominance and independence. So individuals who are comfortable taking charge, like to take tar uh, charge results driven, thrive in an environment where they are uh, constantly challenged, pushing themselves, going to new levels. Um, and on the other uh, other side, from the independence perspective, they're just naturally strategic thinkers, thinking outside of the box, wanting to come up with creative solutions and innovating and trying new things. So you can definitely assess whether they have some of those natural characteristics but also be aware if you're hiring that high potential, you want to make sure that you're going to create an environment that's going to allow them to grow quickly because that's really the type of environment that they thrive in. So if you put them in a role where you're saying like, listen, you're not going to be able to move up to this next level for, for many years and there's not going to be a lot of variety for a while, you might actually, that person who was a high potential and you did hire that high potential leaves your organization because you brought them in because of their high potential um, kind of characteristics. But then once they were with you, you didn't create an environment that let them really grow and, and grow quickly, that which they really need to be able to be, be challenged and, and naturally thrive. Yeah, that's... Great perspective. Yeah, that you know that's really important. That that balance. Um, I mean, th we had I've I've heard a few people speak on on the on who do you have in your organization that uh, and and maybe being able to balance your workforce. Um, I think that's really important. One one of the other things that <clears throat> that you talked about uh, during that same presentation was, and and social recruiting has been around for for a little while now. Uh, it's nothing new. Uh, probably new to to some uh, as they as they finally catch up. But mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that you know LinkedIn, for example, is becoming very saturated. So if if I was uh you know what's your recommendation or or you know some tips for really leveraging social for for recruitment um, the the best way possible? Given that you know LinkedIn and 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 other, it's becoming all of them are becoming fairly saturated with that. Yeah, so I think the so the first thing around social media is um, getting creative. I think creativity is important, and also whenever you can, 
for HR to really leverage anything they can learn from marketing. So if you do have any marketing in your organization to really collaborate and, and talk with marketing and understand things from their perspective, because a lot of things that marketing is trying to do in terms of engaging with the buyer is what HR is trying to do to engage with the passive candidates. So mm -hmm. if you have any marketing, then I'd say I think there's too many times where marketing and HR are siloed and they're not actually working together, which is such a lost opportunity. And if you're a smaller organization where you don't have marketing, um, I'd say, you know, in terms of HR building their skill set and, um, you know, from when I did my Disrupt HR, I'm a firm right. believer in an HR really diversifying and trying to give them exposure to a lot of different areas of the business, um, you know, take marketing courses and things like that to, to understand that whole dimension better. Um, but really getting creative around, um, first of all, understanding your, your candidate, like who is that persona? Like, so it, again, this is very uh, typical in marketing that they're building a buyer persona. So for your candidate, build a candidate persona and, you know, who are they? What do they look like? And um, where are they hanging out, right? So, you know, the, the big three that we always think of like LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter, that not that this might not be where they are. If you're looking for a specialized engineer or a, a you know a specialized techie or whatever that may be, um, talk to your other people who are in that role and ask them like where where are you guys hanging out? Like what would be the social networks that you where you would be spending time? And then um, once you have some more insight around that, whatever it may be, and it's again unique to that that kind of position, um, then spend more time in that area and not going out there and say, oh, okay, I figure out what this area is and just, just let's start selling to them and say, hey, we've got a job opening for you, let's connect. No, I think that's the other thing. And it's, again, this is marketing understands this as well. You wanna build a relationship with this passive candidate so that um, over time you're connecting with them, you're helping them to understand what your brand is about, what's your unique differentiator as an organization so that that passive candidate is starting to get to know you and then um, you know they might be even coming to you about a role um, even though you know they're you know they're in an organization they're doing really well but they're you know excited um, to learn more about your organization and that's again you've hopefully as you're engaging with them, you're also building content that's helping them to understand, um, you know, the values, the culture, what it's like to work at your company, why somebody would want to work at your company, what's unique um, to, for that individual to be able to work in that particular role in your environment through that content, through perhaps building videos and employer branding, um, authentic, that's the other big piece, authentic employer branding, not right. who you'd like to be, but who your, your company truly is. Um, then those passive candidates are going to start to to get to know you and maybe they're even going to come to you as opposed to you saying as a recruiter, you know, we have this job opening. I'd love you. They might say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm starting to hear about your company. Um, and, you know, you could also build referral networks through all of that kind of stuff as well. So it's really being about being creative, spending the time to get to know who your passive candidate is, what's unique about them, where they're spending time, and then, you know, paying attention to the data and analytics around it as well, right? So, you know, if you're spending time and doing things here and, you know, you're not finding the right candidates, well, then maybe that's not the right social platform. Maybe you need to spend some time somewhere else. So so pay attention to some of that kind of stuff as well and, and get creative.
Awesome. That's fantastic. So listen, I have to just keep an eye on, on the time and I'm, I'm sure we could, we could probably fill up a couple hours with just talking about different, different aspects. Um, and, and we will have a follow-up. Um, I'm just making some notes of some topics that we can dive a little bit deeper into and have some conversations about the future, but I'm sure people would love to know a couple of things. Uh, first, um, any events that uh, that you or uh, McQuaig Institute will be attending or, or somehow involved with coming up uh, that you can tell our listeners about? Yeah, thank you for asking, Tim. Um, well, I'm actually going to be doing Disrupt HR Ottawa on September 28th. So cool. if you're in Ottawa, I'd love for you to join. Um, but if not, we'll definitely have a video recording and be sharing that afterwards. Um, we, we've, um, we'll be going to get back into our podcast um, pretty soon as well. So once we're back to our regular schedule again with our McQuaig Talent Management Talks, that's um, a monthly podcast. So if you go to the website, um, just to McQuaig, com. That'll give you more insight around when podcasts are happening. And um, we're, we're, we usually are at the HRPA annual conference and um, mm-hmm. come and say hi to us if you're there. But would love to also engage if anyone's on social media. I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, LinkedIn. So anywhere like that, you can find me. And uh, I just love connecting with um with with people whether it's hr pros or, or people in, in any area of business um I'm, I'm like you tim i i love to network i love to connect and see if there's you know ways that people can help each other you never know if somebody's looking for something and i have somebody in my network that i can connect them with i, I love doing that it's uh I, I can attest to that you are very much like that it, i know that any time that i've ever sort of crowdsource my network or, or, or thrown something out there where I've had a question or need a little bit more information on or some some guidance. Um, you know, I, you're one of those people in my network that I know is is just is there. It's that collaborativeness. I tell you, it's one thing that I, I, I and I don't know a lot of other industries like or sectors like sales and marketing and, uh, you know, the insurance industry. I don't know that well. So it could be similar, but what I do know is when I transitioned into the HR field, um, how collaborative and, and, and uh, I don't even know the other word, maybe supportive or whatever the HR, like I've never seen a group of professionals that are willing to share, you know, their best practice of what they do, how they even do it, or, Hey, here's a sample of how we do it. I mean, some other industries that are very competitive they're not going to give that away because they think they're giving away business or, I mean, I've even had, you know, another consultant refer someone to me because I don't know, they just thought it would be a really good fit. And I've done the same. And it's, it's just, it's always amazed me since I made that transition into the, into the HR world. Um, and, and I'm sure you'd find the same too. Uh, and that's why I think our, our networks are so valuable and, uh, not sure if I'd be doing what I'd be doing what I do today if it weren't for uh, my network. No, absolutely. I, I I think by nature, more people who gravitate towards HR seem to have more of an abundance mentality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So, uh, and you gave some of the coordinates how people can find you. It, it, it seems as though as, if they look for you, they're going to find you. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes it easy. Um, so that fantastic. Listen, Kristen, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, uh, to speak to me and to our listeners today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Tim. It's been a pleasure. I, I really enjoyed our conversation.
Excellent. We'll talk again soon. And to our listeners, thanks again for listening. This has been another episode of HR Chat Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.